1: welcome 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 it's a wonderful day and it's gorgeous outside amen Amen. we've heard a lot of word this morning about seeing last week if you missed the message i highly encourage you to go back and listen to it you can find it on our facebook page or online uh at our website there's podcasts and all of those things I've tried to learn the words to them all, and every now and then I slide back to, oh, yes, we have that on DVD or cassettes <laughs> or things like that. And now it's just media. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> I, I do try. I really do. In Catherine Kuhlman's book on miracles, she had this one phrase that she said, faith is not seeing or believing what you see. It's believing and seeing, seeing what you believe. So do you see that there's a difference? It's like, okay, I'm just going to believe this because I can see it. Or I believe this and I see that. Hmm. That that's really the essence of faith. And last week we heard that many people We're saying yes to God, I wanna go, I wanna go God's way. I wanna say yes to him, I wanna have him in my life. And we need to know where we're going. We need to have a destination. I never use a GPS without having a destination. If you only have a destination and not a starting point, that's useless as well. Many times in my travels when I've tried to get somewhere, you have to put in both. So it's important to know where you are and we heard that this morning even in the word that that Pastor Jason shared on the revelation of light to our path, and 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 good feet. I like that, good feet. Well, that's, you know, he's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Those feet, the gospel shoes of peace, are going to take his places. But we need to know where we are, and we need to know where to go. That's right. Pastor Neil also brought up some things that God had put on my heart in vision-wise, and there was one particular one many years ago we used to, When we were beginning the church, we had to rent a building, and every week we set up all the equipment, and then at the end of the day, we would put it all away, and it was a lot of work, and it was, you know, we set up, and we rented a place, and we kept it, but that's how we began. During this time, I had had such a vision for this city, seeing salvation come, and that's why, if you've heard us, we go, Surrey, City of Salvation, because that's what I saw. And I knew there had to be some changes in order to see that come to pass. And when I was praying, I had this vision of the city in all kinds of um, warehouse-type spaces. Do you know what I mean? And And they would even be conducting businesses. But there were just so many people coming to the Lord that the churches could not hold them. Hallelujah! And... So I, and I said, God, where will they go? And that's when I began to see these warehouses. Yes, they had a business, but they would push it all back, gather some chairs, and people would just pack it out on a, on a Sunday or w- during the week at, for a weekday service or something like that. And I, kn- I said, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. And then I began to research in our city of Surrey, in the city uh, legal rules about what you can hold where and that kind of thing. At that particular time... You could not hold a public assembly meeting in a warehouse. It was against the the rules of rental places, and so I began to pray about that and And then I'd spoken to one pastor that I knew, and he says, "Oh, they've started an action, and this is coming up, and there' this is the way we do it." So I went there that night to the to the council meeting of the of the city of Surrey. And we had an opportunity to discuss these things. Well, I didn't stand up in front of all the unsaved people and say, I've had a vision. <laughs> <laughs> know where you are. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just talked about how this was beneficial. I, I talked about it from a business standpoint. And so this meeting went on until about 1.30 in the morning that night. And at the end of the meeting, they decided not to change the city bylaws. And so as we were departing out of the building, my pastor friend who had been talking to this, and he patted me on the shoulder. Well, it didn't work, and that was a good try, sister. I said, it's not over. God said it would happen. That was the vision I saw. And then it's going to change. And he was like, you know that. Anybody else ever seen that before? That's really what they're thinking. Perhaps a white jacket would fit better. The kind with little bars on it. But I would not be shaken. I knew what I had seen. My faith said that. I went back and, and uh, I, I said, Lord, I said, I know what you showed me. Is there anything more that I personally should do? And I had a letter come to me. And so I quickly wrote the letter. It came out in legal language in a way that I could not personally have known how to write it. And I wrote it, I went over and hand-delivered it, and I made sure there was a copy addressed to every single Surrey counselor at that time. What I didn't know until way later was when they get a letter like that, according to their rules, they had to read it at their next little meeting. And God had actually promised me in prayer that it would be done by December that year, and this was November, and we were running out of time. This is the last week in November, December the 4th. They changed their mind at their city meeting. They had to read that letter, and they decided that whatever I had written there was good, and that I could receive a, a note back from one of the counselors who I happened to know personally. Marvin Hunt was a counselor of our city at that time. And he contacted me. He said, Pastor Gwen, they approved it. Go. Amen. So the city of Surrey bylaws were changed to permit churches to gather in warehouse spaces. Hallelujah. When you receive a vision from heaven, believe it. Amen. Amen. Believe what he said. And if there's a lot of people who come alongside, just don't share the vision with them anymore find people who will agree with your vision. Last week, uh, Pastor Neil shared the vision about having an airline, and that freaks people out a little bit. and, And that's something that I've held, and those who are close to me know about, but it was time for it to go a bit more public. It's not so I can personally own an airline. Understand that. That is not the heart of it. The heart of it is to get believers throughout this nation. So the gospel can go forth and that, that people who are missionaries don't have to pay for a seat. And we can have those other people who are flying to pay for them. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Always room for a missionary with a mission. Amen. I am here anointed by, from heaven to help you discover what's inside. That is what rests on my life. Amen. I didn't ask for it. <laughs> and sometimes I said to the Lord the same thing. God, I did not ask for this. <laughs> but it is here and people respond to it and sometimes people respond without recognizing what they're responding to. Often it's because we don't recognize an invitation and the invitation to go is one of our first recognitions and where are we going to go? First of all, our very first recognition of invitation is our invitation to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and then we get filled with the Holy Ghost, and that's all wonderful, and we start to live and praise the Lord. But I want to ensure that every person that I meet knows that when they stand before God, because everyone will, everyone, everyone, that when they stand before God, they're not shaken in their boots, that's right. that they can stand before God and know he loves them. And know their heart is clean. And know they're forgiven. And look Jesus in the face and say, I'm here. And he goes, yay. Have that kind of confidence. And have that and own it. That's a great invitation. An invitation to know that you belong in the throne room of God. That he welcomes you. That's your home. This is a temporary stopping place. One of the other things, as our church began to grow, I had a lot of advice. (laughs) You should do this, and you should do that. But I hadn't seen it. And many people try to come along, you should go this way, you should go that way, you should do this, you should do that. that." But Holy Spirit didn't say that to me. And when we're building the kind of thing that Holy Spirit wants to build here, it's going to look a little different where every church will have some differences, every one of them. But if you know where you're belonging and you know why you're put here, the gift God put in you, even if, and some of you are here knowing you have a gift and yet there's still not a place for it to run, if God's prepared you, he's prepared a building and more people. Amen. Amen? He's preparing us for that next run. He's preparing us for what's to come. We know where we're going. We're going to have to have a bigger place. And he was like, well, there's a lot of empty seats here. That's, that's, it's irrelevant. God said we had to have a bigger place. That's right. And that was on our heart. And, and Sister Sakila last week had a vision of just the floods coming in. We have to have a bigger place. And we actually have met someone who has a business in a warehouse who pushes the chairs aside on Sunday, correct? That's where Pastor uh, Jason was in that, in that church just last week. Yes, was that? Only a week ago. Praise the Lord. In that time, somebody came to us and said, you know, I know why your church isn't growing. Uh, There's a couple of different kinds of growth. There's the kind of growth where Gideon called the army in and there were 3,000 and only 300 actually went to war. That's a different kind of growth. I remember another pastor saying to me, you know, he's so excited, his church was growing strong. This was in Nigeria. And he's like, praise God. He's praising God on, on Monday morning. There's 300 people coming to church. Oh, and, and he's like, and, he, and normally he felt the Holy Spirit's presence very strong. And it's like, it was like there was a vacancy. <laughs> and, and finally, he says, what's going on? He says, the Lord says to him, you have 30 people. He's like, Jesus, no, there were 300. He says, you got 30 people. Because as soon as he began to obey God and do what God said, The rest of them were kind of like floaters. They'll be a floater. So along comes this wonderful piece of advice. You should cover up the KCM material. (laughs) Put a a sheet over it. Because we had books and tapes, and that's the era. (laughs) They really were tapes. (laughs) And magazines. Cover it. People don't like him. I'm like, um, we love that ministry. We're not covering it up. Changed my life. Jesus isn't a cover-up job either. Amen. Jesus never covered anything. He comes along, the light comes on, there's nothing to hide. Amen. The Old Testament, they covered up because they didn't have the pure blood. But when pure blood came along, woo <laughs> that's why we sung the song we're free Amen. because uh, my sins and yours didn't get covered up that's right. they got obliterated is not a great word <laughs> <laughs> they're gone Amen. can't find them you know where my name is written in the lamb's book of life which yours should be there too just saying there's a book it's called the lamb's book of life when you accept jesus in your name yeah if I picked off my name and picked off the blood that was there, you wouldn't see a list of Gwen's sins. That's right. That's right. It's not a cover-up. No. Amen. Amen. Obliteration. <laughs> Somewhere in here I'll get to some word. Well, I kind of did, but in a different way. Amen. I'm free. Amen. Jesus has washed away my sins. I don't think about them. That's right, come on. I don't wake up, ooh, did I sin just now? I used to have this problem. Mm -hmm. I had all the sin scriptures memorized very well, would report them over my mind and and be concerned about being a sinner and was I still accepted. But I know, according to Ephesians 1.6, I'm accepted in the beloved. What they say out there is irrelevant him accepted. He washed away. He paid a tremendous price to erase every sin. That when people look at me, they'd never guess what mess I had been in. They say, oh, pastor, you don't know what it is to be in a mess. Well, I still have a mind. And I have some memories I am working on erasing. Amen. I'm so glad that Jesus, here's a great thing. He doesn't just erase our sins. He forgets them. So when you go back to him and you say, hey, you know about da da he's like, what? Yeah. And so when we talk about people, uh, God gave me a ministry to do what I used to sin in. Mm, really? That's interesting. Didn't know that God remembered that. Just saying. We're going to have some fun. Amen. Amen? Now, I have a goal. I do. I want to live well. I don't like making mistakes. Anybody lining up for that one? Want to line up today. Oh, good. I'm going to make a bunch of mistakes. I'm going to sin a bunch. I don't line up my day that way. I know that according to some word in there, <laughs> I, I've been reading Colossians a lot. We're going to go to Micah. Get your Bibles ready. Micah's in there. Micah, Micah chapter four. And while you're looking for that, I just want to share something out of Colossians while you're looking. There are three things if you go back, and, and I encourage you to go back, read the book of Colossians, you'll be as blessed as I've been these last few days uh, meditating on it. In Colossians chapter 4, verse 5, it says, be- Behave yourself wisely. Let your speech, in verse 6, be, uh, at all times be gracious, pleasant, and winsome. And I've sent he- Jesus to you for this very purpose. So there are some goals that you can have be nice, be kind, be happy. Don't complain. Well, you could, but you have to find someone to listen then. (laughs) All right. We're going to get there today. Micah chapter 4, verse 1. Here's an invitation. In the last days, are we in the last days? Yes. Okay. It shall come to pass that the mountain... Of the house of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountains so it will be exalted above the hills, and people shall... Flow. Flow. Yeah, oh, oh. They won't come hesitating, they won't... A flow is a flow. Ever seen a river? It flows, right? Yeah. It flows. It has a So we understand that we've got this foundation. Our starting point is Jesus, but there's this invitation piece, and that's what we want to look at says, we see this happening. Everybody, I mean, even unbelievers know it's the last days. They think the world's going to crash in different ways. We have a different idea of what's going to take place. So we understand that these are the last days. We, that's why we want to be sure of our salvation, right? Okay, so verse 2 Many nations shall come. They're going to be flowing, they're not going to be tripping, they're not going to be uh, fighting. It doesn't say that. They're flowing. Coming nicely. In a, you know, although sometimes rivers can look pretty rough. Many nations shall come and say, come. Here's the invitation. Let us go up into the mountain of the Lord. Yay. We have many places that are offering right now to come into his presence. To come into a place. And we don't still know how to come or receive that invitation or recognize it. Praise is an invitation to come. Yeah. Well, you can praise him. And, and we know, well, in everything we give thanks. Thank you, God, for sending sickness. No. Thank you, God, that no matter what comes, I have an answer. Mm. I'm going to praise him. Thanksgiving is part of praise. And when we get the invitation to come into the house of the Lord, we're coming to the place of good things. Now, the house of the Lord isn't just the natural house where we meet on Sundays for perhaps an hour or here, three (laughs) or longer. (laughs) When we come into the house, he's come into this house. And we say, and that invitation and, and Jesus says, come and we come to him. And then he goes, I come into your house. And that's a good thing. It's a great thing. And as we come together and realize, and we see each other, hey, I see he's in your house. He's in my house too. Isn't it good when we're together? Let us go into the mountain of the Lord and to the house of God of Jacob. He will teach us of his ways. Oh, behave yourself wisely. From Colossians, right? He'll teach us his ways. Many of us try to live his ways. We try to self-medicate even sometimes because we're frustrated in life, and that doesn't work. There are Christians who self-medicate in all kinds of ways, not necessarily, not necessarily, with addictive type things like that. you can identify smoking, drinking, drugs, etc. They will self-medicate through fantasy, And this has become a big problem It's why so many people are having troubles up here because they're self-medicating in fantasies and imaginations. Imaginations are supposed to be cast down, not played with. Amen. You wonder why you're depressed. It's because you're not casting them down. What do you mean playing with them, thinking about them, meditating on them? What if this happens? Look at this disaster. What if the world collapses? Well, if the world collapses and you die, you'll be with Jesus. Hallelujah. It's not bad to be in heaven. That's right. Even if it goes sideways, it's not bad. Come on. That's true. Don't play with things in your head that aren't going to do you any good. Yeah. When you do that, you cannot and you lose sight of the vision of where you're going. And this is something that many of us, and especially those as we discover what God has placed in us, as we begin to embrace those things, as we've received his invitation to go further, there's going to be some things along the way. There'll be wind. There'll be storms. They will. They will. And, and they come. But you don't have to be moved by a one of them. Not ever. But if you're playing around in your head with stupid things. I don't know how else to say it, Sorry if that offends you. Well, you'll get over it, or you won't. Mm-hmm. Choice. If you play with it in your head, you'll lose sight of the very vision God's called you to. That's right. That's right. And it'll distract you. What am I supposed to do today? I don't know. I'm feeling kind of awful. And then you meditate on awful. Why is it awful? Because of all these reasons. I don't feel so well today. No. Is anything wrong? Are you sick? No. 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 And then you get with someone else who feels that way and you're a little powwow with them. You're powwowing over sickness. I wasn't feeling so good either, I'm so tired. What happened to vision? Where'd it go? Did you lose directions on the way? Did you try to switch from Google Maps to Waze? I know this. Now, Pastor Ann lives by Guilford Mall. I know that she's going to take a different way to get to the mall than I will because I live in a different place and I start from a different place. And if I give you directions from my house to the mall, they'll work. And if she gives you directions from her place to the mall, they will work. But if you mix them up and try and use them together, I don't know where you'll go. (laughs) This is why it's so important to be planted where you are and like it. You'll receive instructions from all kinds of different people within it, and there's a place where the multitude of counselors can be beneficial. They'll help you see what you could not see before, but they don't give different directions. (laughs) Holy Ghost doesn't have ten heads. (laughs) Only the devil had that, and we don't want to specialize in that. You know, the thing with the crowns and the heads and the... Those are all demon things. You know, mm. Yeah, there you go, <laughs> and that arms, you know. Was it geisha? No, that's not what it's called. The yeah, <laughs> the elephant thing with the arms and mm. amen. <laughs> We're not going that way. Amen. amen. I think I got to verse two. Says, and, and he will teach us of his ways and we will walk in his path. I mean, praise God. I thought this is such a great statement. Some of us need to focus on that a little bit more. We will walk in his paths. Amen. We're not gonna sit down and, you know. I read this book, praise the Lord. It was um called Sit, Walk, Stand on the base, and it was based in the book of Ephesians, and such a wonderful book. It taught us how to sit down in God and where we sit with heaven with Christ Jesus. And that is a great founding place. And then it taught you how to walk. And I thought it was often interesting that they walked before they stood because I thought those things were reversed. They certainly are when children learn to walk, right? (laughs) They stand before they walk. But in Jesus, we walk before we stand. Didn't make sense to me. The book was by Watchman Nee. And, and the reason he talks about standing afterwards, it's because we had to learn how to live and understand that God was in every part of our life, that he wanted to, us to know how to conduct ourselves, how to live in his presence, how to dwell there. Because when we discover that, that's like the next step. We get our grounding. We go, we're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The next place, we begin to walk and live according to how God works in our heart. And third, now we get a little taste of authority, and then we stand in it. Amen. And, and it's different, and it's fun, and we can learn those things. We can learn those things. Come on Wednesday nights to the guy. <laughs> to the, mm-hmm. It says, for the law shall go forth out of Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge among many people and rebuke strong nations far off. And they will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up a sword against nation. Neither shall they learn war anymore. There is a place where strife has become the major subject of of almost everyone's conversation. When you're talking, and I talk to all kinds of people in all kinds of ways, in all kinds of situations, at the mall, wherever, and there's so much strife in people. You smile at them, they have a problem. What are you looking at? I smiled. Have a nice day. Well, it's not a nice day. Don't you know what's going on in the world? As a matter of fact, to do, but I'm not worried. Well, you should be. I'm like, come on now. These people have, have embraced words in their heart in a wrong way. And they're looking for a fight all the time. They haven't met and encountered love. They haven't received the invitation to love. They haven't received the invitation. It's there. They just didn't pick it up and read it. The Bible's not far away. It's on everybody's cell phone for free if they want it. Hmm? The invitation's there. They shall sit every man under his vine and under his fig tree. The place where God sets you, you'll grow and flourish. Hmm. I think that's a good thing to aim for, don't you? What a great vision. What a great thing to look at. What a place to aim for. Have that envision. A place where people don't fight? Well, first of all, we're going to have to have some faith for that. <laughs> Can we see what we believe about the Bible? Can we see it? Hmm. If you go home and think about it, think about it, these are things that God wants his kingdom to be able to move this way on the earth. We don't have to start living for Jesus when we die. We might be born again, but don't wait for heaven to have fun. Amen. That's right. Wow. They'll sit every man under his vine, under his fig tree. You know where God puts you and receive from what he's given. Receive it. How do I receive it? Thank you, Jesus. I received that. That'll do. It's not complicated. We don't need to have five lessons on receiving. I receive it. Did you have trouble receiving your birthday gifts last week or whenever it was? Did you? No. No, I don't think Leanna did either. You know, you give them something, they open it up. It's not hard. Open it up. It's not deep. Hmm. Okay. We'll just keep moving and believing. Amen. (laughs) All people will walk, everyone in the name of his God. Hmm. We know some people are walking in the name of their God, and it's evident, and it isn't the God we serve. But they could. Never be afraid. Never be afraid of those who haven't chosen your God yet. You might be the one to show them the God who loves them. Amen. Don't worry. Don't be concerned if they've been serving another God. Don't don't get all uptight about it. Walk in the kind of love that God's given you. Walk in your invitation to love others. Walk in it and make sure you're giving them their next invitation. Show them the way. Show them how to open it. Look what it says in this invitation. You just have to come. You don't have to fix yourself first. And it doesn't matter if you've served other gods. God will fix that too. That's right. You just come. You just come. And you meet with someone who's loved you before you even took your first breath. I mean, yeah. Mm -hmm. That'll fix all of that rejection. Amen. Mm -hmm. We will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. In that day, says the Lord. I'll assemble her that halteth. We talked about hesitation. I will gather her that's driven out, her that was afflicted. There's times when people feel affliction from God because of the truth, and it's so strong. I remember a time when I was just a little girl, and and I was having terrible dreams, terrible dreams, and, and I... I I felt like I I, I could be protected for only a short time that I would encounter this purity of God. I was maybe seven or eight years old. I would wake up crying and my mom would come in and, and she said, what, I'm having a bad dream again. And as soon as I left this place of purity, would chase me, with, and I could hear rattling and chains, and I was afraid, and and the dream would come and come and come and come, and finally had enough courage to tell my mom what I was seeing in the dream, and she said, you just stay with Jesus. You call him in, and you call his name, and the next time that dream came, I said, Jesus, I receive you. I didn't even know that that was my invitation. I didn't recognize that call to purity. I thought purity was hurting me, but it was there to change me. Hmm. Sometimes we feel we come to God and and you think, you're such a mess. He can't fix it. Or it's been too long. I remember a a gentleman, he'd come to church. He was in his 70s and, and he came to me afterwards and he was so angry. And he was pacing in my office on a Monday morning, back and forth, and he was so mad it took him a while before he could speak. He said, I sat in church for 30 years, and no one ever explained salvation like you did on Sunday. And I sat in church for 30 years, wasting time when I could have had Jesus like he touched me yesterday. He was angry at the purity and call and invitation from heaven for change, for life change. That changes perspective, that changes how we walk, that changes how we stand. He got over it. We prayed together that day and he forgave himself. Hallelujah. And then he decided he would make every day count. He's gone to heaven now. Praise the Lord. I will make her that halted a remnant, her that was cast off. I understand the whole implication of Israel, but I want you to see where God can use this now because we're grafted in. And the Lord shall reign over them in Mount Zion from henceforth, even forever. And you, O tower of the flock, the stronghold of the daughter of Zion, unto thee shall it come, even the first dominion, and the kingdom shall come to the daughter of Jerusalem. And when you accept Jesus as personal Savior, when you accept his invitation to come into his place, and then he comes into you, the kingdom of God has come to you. His kingdom is now accessible. You are the house where God dwells. You are the place of great thanksgiving and great praise. You won't, no one will have to say, okay, we shouldn't praise God. they say, how come you're so happy, Pastor? Because I like God and he likes me back. I can't hold that in. And he doesn't ask me to, and I'm so glad. Praise is not something... We work up or sing a fast song, too. As a matter of fact, we don't have to sing a song to have praise. And it's not just thanksgiving. It's that expression that comes out of the heart. That changes the world. That helps us hold fast to the vision and the things that we've seen. To watch them come to pass. Oh, I'm believing that everything God showed me will come. Imagine being a woman and being called to start a church that's Pentecostal, it's not common, but God said it. And I didn't let go. And here we are. What has God said to you? What has he invited you to? What have you been seeing that he wants to accomplish through you? There'll be many voices. I know that. But you don't have to listen to them all. Only those voices that encourage you to hang on to the heavenly vision. Isn't that what Paul did? even when facing jail time, even when facing the man of the day. Oh, King Agrippa, oh, King Agrippa, I have not withdrawn from the heavenly vision. We're not going to either. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Many people get upset because they have been pushed in the vision by other voices. They've come and tried to push them off this way or push them off the other way. Truth. Because there's always another voice. There's always someone who will come along and disagree, just like that man who put his hand on my shoulder. And he's a kind person. He's not a bad person. Somewhere in here I have another verse. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. There it is. People don't disagree with your vision because they don't like you. That's not it. They think you're going to get hurt. They're actually trying to be kind, and they don't understand your faith. They don't understand perhaps your calling. They don't know how it works, and I'm not here to tell everybody their specific path. I'm just here to tell you, take it. And I'll encourage you along the way. I can't hear God for you. I can believe with you. You know, there was a guy and a donkey. And the people came along and tried to get that man to speak. That's right. They tried to get him off his track. We will even offer you money. Go and curse Israel. That's what they tried to do. Push him. And of course, the donkey said, Don't you do that. When a donkey has to talk to you, you're in trouble. <laughs> Please hear the first voice. If you hear, bring. And of course, <laughs> they find out the hard way that isn't going to work. And he eventually, he says what God has to say. In Numbers 23, 21, it says, hath not, he hath not beheld iniquity in Jacob. That's God's remark. I'm <laughs> like, hello? Isn't that you read the Bible and you're like, hmm? This is so good for us if we'll catch it. This first line, he has not beheld iniquity in Jacob. What does Jacob mean? Anybody know? Come on, some Bible scholars. Jacob? uh, Jacob? uh, Deceiver! Liar! (laughs) Usurper! (laughs) Okay, so if you're lining up with all the reasons, here's your vision, I know God's called me, I've received his invitation, I know where he wants me to go, I want to stand before, but and, and that's all true, I got it on Sunday morning. Monday comes along and I go, but then you remember you were a deceiver. Oops, how are we gonna deal with that? I got the blood of Jesus, amen. And he says, so this is the Old Testament, this is before Jesus had gone to the cross. Even then, God was looking ahead. That's right. Come on. He's looking ahead because he knew what was coming. He knew what Jesus was going to do. He knew back in Genesis chapter 3. He knew exactly what was going to go down. I have not beheld iniquity, lawlessness in Jacob. Crazy, right? That's how he looks at you and I. <laughs> Amen. Neither has he seen perverseness in Israel. Say what? The Lord is God is with him. Oh. And the shout of a king is among them. Oh, come on. Oh. The shout of a king. You know what that is? The shout of a king's an alarm. I've looked it up. That shout means an alarm. Call to order. Get everybody up. We're going this way. When it's a word that's come out of heaven that says, Surrey, city of salvation. When there's a word that comes out of heaven, Surrey is being saved, Canada is being saved. When we hear these words come out of heaven, they've got a ring in them. They've got a sound and alarm in them. Something's true about this and it witnesses and maybe you're not the loud sort, but somehow you can't keep it inside anymore. Not because anybody said, but there's something going on inside, and that's what we call the witness of Holy Spirit. It rings inside. You know that. You know that. You know this is true. That is the shout of a king. That's it. And it's in us. And when crazy voices come from the other side, they try to push you. Don't believe that. It's nuts. You go, ha, ha, ha. I've already seen it. I've already seen it. I know what my God will do. And then you'll come back to ni- Micah chapter 4, verse 9. And then he says this to the people. What's wrong with you? That's not chapter and verse. <laughs> Why are you crying and freaking out? It doesn't look like God's at work. Jesus, you said you healed, but I still feel sick. Jesus, you said you provide, but I'm still barely getting by. Jesus, you said you love me, and I'm still shaking inside with rejection. It doesn't look and doesn't seem like what you promised. Why? Why? Are you crying aloud? Is there no king in you? The shout of a king was in the people of Israel. Because they knew who their God was. God knew who they were. They were his children. And he is their God. And when they get it and they begin to see what God wants to do in them. They won't be looking in the mirror and say, did you see what I saw? No, they'll be looking at the vision that God planted. And they said, I believe what I've seen. I believe what I've seen in the spirit. I believe it's our time. I believe Canada's turning. We wouldn't know darkness had light not come. Yeah, there's some dark things in the nation, but the light's shining. And chances are we'll see a few more darker things. Because the light's getting brighter and brighter as the day approaches. That's right. I have the alarm, the shout of a king in me. Yeah. And I'm not afraid. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I think the devil should be afraid. That's right. And he should be afraid of every one of us. Yeah. Let's not be moved. You've received the invitation. You've got it. You know, that's the starting point. You said, yes. Where are you going? What are you going to do? How will you know? First of all, you say, what's in your heart to do? It's not my heart. What's in your heart? What did he put there? What did he put there? If you've given your life to Jesus, he's putting things in your heart that you've said yes to. Yes, I'll go where you lead me. Yes, I'll do this, Lord. Now, even referring to Abigail, Abigail has said yes to the call in her life. She doesn't just bring the word or have revelation. She has skills that are a blessing to many. She uses them all as unto the Lord. What's in your hand? What is it that you have a gift for? What is it that you have stopped using and hidden in the ground waiting for some thunder or something or an earthquake to reveal it to you? It's your job to discover it, not the weather. (laughs) Storms often reveal fear more than vision. They tell. What did you do the last time a storm came in your life? Did you fall over? Or did the word rise up in you? Interesting question, Pastor Gwen. I've had many opportunities to allow other voices to come in and push me off of what God said. But I hold on, kind of like a bulldog. (laughs) You know the way their mouth is. Once they get a bone in there, you're not getting it out. I believe his word. I believe what he said. I believe in healing. I believe. I believe. I just believe. And when I pray for some people, sometimes I say, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm sick and this and that. I see them running, those that can't run. I see them whole. I see them prospering. I don't care what your bank account says. We prayed for that. God heard. I have a king in me. I'm not crying, I'm not begging. Mm-mm. i'm believing there was a time when I said yes to selling some products, toys for children and and in the middle of this, I was beginning the ministry call back and starting the church. Our children were small and one day, as I was you know sharing the toys with people, and they were good toys, they were educational toys. So I qualified it that way. I was being my own provision. And as I sat there and went around the room, because of the calling of my life, I began to see this one's really afraid. That one over there, they're struggling at home. This one's got a marriage problem. And I'm like, ah. Oh. I'm here to sell toys (laughs) and I knew I couldn't do it anymore so I stopped in the middle of my presentation of toys and I said some of you aren't going to like the rest of this demonstration today but some of you are going to end up blessed and I preached the gospel (laughs) to that group of ladies and then I prayed for them. And I knew I'd come to the end. They were blessed. Some were blessed. Some were not. <laughs> some were mad. They came to buy and purchase toys, not to receive Jesus. But they went home knowing with an invitation in hand that they could take at any time. What's in your hand? What passion has been quenched by the voices around you. Don't let it happen anymore. Amen. It's time. It's time to get up in that. Know that Jesus is our healer, our deliverer, our mighty God. We have some folks that we're hoping would come and receive a water baptism today, but I'm not sure they're here today. But it's such a powerful story. We don't have to wait for a pond. And Philip the Evangelist—that's what they called him, metal eunuch—alongside of the road. And after sharing the gospel to him, he was trying to figure out the book of Isaiah. Why, you know? My granddaughter came to me the other day. I've been reading the book of Revelation. I have some questions. <laughs> She's seven. <laughs> well, I've just about finished the book. I'm like, why don't we read the book of Philippians? Well, I'm almost finished, you know, rebel. <laughs> Where we start sometimes is funny. I mean, he, the book, if you've ever read the book of Isaiah, you'll understand why I'm saying what I'm saying. And then Philip opened up the truth of God's wonderful love. And at the end, he says, see, and the... The eunuch, uh, the Ethiopian, pardon me. He says, look, here's water. We can do this now. And that's our other invitation. There's an opportunity. There's always a now. There's always a now. Now is the time of salvation. Now is our day. And if you have never received him as personal savior, or if you've been stuck somewhere, or the voices have been speaking in your head, voices that have got you off his path, voices that have been saying, no, that vision, that's not for you. That's impossible. Voices like those ones of, of rejection that try to say, yeah, I know you're called, but you're never going to do it. Those are voices that need to get back under your feet. Voices that come that are not the Lord don't need to be going in your ears anymore. You need to decide today. There's some people in your life that have been pulling you aside and say, oh, that'll never happen. You need to be beside those who say, oh, yes, I know Jesus. I know Jesus. And he's about making the impossible possible, not just in my life, but in yours. Amen. And so if that's just all stand upon your feet today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, there's a king in me. No one has to tell me how to praise. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. He's the lion of the tribe of praise. That's what Judah means. And that, that king, that lion, he roars inside of me. And sometimes that scares others. Don't let it scare you. Some of you need to let that out now and again. You don't have to wait another moment to thank your God for what he's done and continues to do. Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you for Holy Spirit's work in every one of our hearts and every one of our lives. Father, I thank you this day, this day, this day, every voice that's been trying to get people off track. I command to be bound in Jesus' name. Silence, be silent in Jesus' name. I thank you for His voice being the dominant voice that you are His sheep and you hear no other that you hear or heed no other. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you that the angels of heaven are protecting ears this day from any other voice that try to come to them. I thank you for your great forgiveness that works miracles. Father, I thank you for those today who are getting a picture for maybe the very first time of the power of your forgiving blood, how it worked to erase every sin. Let their eyes come open to see that. Let them know that today like no other day before. Let them know that they're free. Let them know that they're forgiven. Let them know this day. Hallelujah. That you've done a great thing. A great thing. Hallelujah. Now lift your hands, begin to thank Him. Jesus, 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 wonderful Jesus. Thank you for healing bodies today. There's some in our midst that are in great pain. I thank you, Holy Spirit, now you're touching those bodies that are in pain. Hallelujah. Mm. Let them see what life is like without pain. Let them have a vision, your vision of healed. Let it come to them today. Your vision of a healed body, let it be in them. Let it be in them. This is what it looks like healed. This is what, uh, 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 not looking what they couldn't do, but what they could do and what they will do when healing is just embraced in them. That, that, that's the intent. This is, this is how I live. This is a healed body. This is what healed people do. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, Shammah, great and mighty God. Great and mighty God. He's so good. He's so good. Hallelujah. Lift your hands. Say this with me today. Jesus. I receive. The work of your sons. Your blood at the cross. That you have forgiven me of my sins. Help me forgive myself. I receive your healing today in my body. Oh, there's, there's more than just two or three. Thank you, Lord. Pain's going right now. Receiving that. Some of you are feeling even warmth going through your body. You're feeling it. It's just like you just got warm all over. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, thank you. You're doing a work. And especially this day, some of you need to to be casting down that imagination. You've been troubled by rejection. You've been troubled by it, even rejecting your own self. Father, I thank you this day that Holy Spirit's doing a work in their mind that they know that they're accepted in the beloved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
0: Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, B.C., V3W 3B1.